Amen. Good morning, church. It is a blessing to be together today in whatever way we get to do it. I, I've been told I have to stop saying it's a weird Sunday every Sunday, so I'm going to. It's a normal Sunday, I guess, so good morning. <laughs> uh, we're going to be continuing our series in Esther. If you guys want to go ahead and turn there, we're going to be in Esther chapter 5 today. Uh, I'm going to jump into that in, in just a minute. Before, before, I do, before I get going any farther, though, I do want to give a real quick shout out, and he'll probably hate this, to Chris Otterson, who's been going hard uh, to make sure all the tech stuff on our worship gatherings works. He is such a blessing to our church. And um, guys, it's not, it's not easy to make all those wires and computers play nice together. I, I, I mean, we just wouldn't exist if that was up to me. I really wouldn't. So thank you, Chris, for the, the way you love and serve our church. Um, so, so we're continuing this series in Esther today, and before, before we read it, I just kind of had this thought, and this is just where we're going today, so this is just me kind of kind of laying my, my cards on the table. I was um, dealing with a, a, um, a parenting issue recently, and I'm not going to tell an embarrassing story of my kid because she's in the room, but, but I, just, I just had this moment where I thought, man, is there, is there anything more just like amazing, good for the soul, but also insanely frustrating about unwarranted grace. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like in the midst of everything going on in this world, I've had a few times out in public, out in traffic, in stores where I'm like, come on, dude, give me a little grace. Like, gee whiz. And yet when that actually happens, right, when the police officer pulls you over dead to rights and then gives you a warning, when you, when you're the one who who choose out your spouse, or choose out your kid, or fill in the blank, the coworker, and then they choose to be over the top, gracious and forgiving. There is this part of your soul that's just like, man, that's how people should be. And then you're also like, oh, that's not how that should have gone down. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this, it's this tension that, that lives in our hearts. And, and I just was made aware of that in, in my own uh, seeking after Christ this week, in my own prayer life, and, and in, just, in just my week. And it just it just brought me back to what I think God might have for us in the text today. So before we read this, we're in Esther 5. Let's, let's kind of catch ourselves up on the story. If you don't remember, Esther is the story of a young Jewish orphan, right, living in Susa, the, the capital of the Persian Empire. So, so back in like post-exile world of the Old Testament, right? Uh, she was raised up uh, from obscurity to being the very queen of the empire alongside her husband, King Ahasuerus. And in the midst of this, the king's most trusted advisor, this dude named Haman, has set up a plot. He's put it in place to eradicate the entirety of the Jewish people. The king, not knowing that his queen was Jewish, gave Haman authority to carry out a genocidal plot against all of God's people. When Mordecai, Esther's adopted father, hears of the plot, he begs Esther to intervene on behalf of their people. Now, Esther is fearful because for a couple of reasons. First off, her identity is secret, but, but beyond this, for whatever reason, she has lost the attention of the king. See, see, in this world, she's not allowed to come and go and relate to her husband as she pleases. She must be called to the king. She's not allowed to come to him whenever she wants. If she approaches the king without being called, her life is forfeit. 
If he does not point his scepter at her, she would be killed. And, and she genuinely fears for her life if she approaches the king with this request, right? Now, we can set that next to, yeah, but Esther, you know your whole people are about to be wiped out, right? Like, we get it, that's a real fear, but, but this, is, this is pretty intense, and so Mordecai calls Esther out on this and actually calls her, calls her up to something better. Maybe this, the whole, this is the whole reason you became queen. Maybe God allowed you this insane honor specifically for the purpose of saving his people. And Esther responds to this challenge. We see this, this almost 180 in Esther as a character in this, this pivotal moment in the story of Esther and in her story as a person. You see, in the beginning of the book, Esther is less a character. I mean, much less a protagonist as much as she is a casualty of the story. In the beginning of the book, things just happen to Esther. She is swept up in this story that is bigger than her, that is beyond her control. She's making the best that she can out of a pretty generally terrible situation. She's not really an agent acting in her own life. But in this moment with Mordecai, where Esther is challenged to consider God's sovereignty and her situation, all of a sudden Esther starts acting. Now, I don't mean like pretending, right? I mean, she starts taking charge and responsibility of her life. She takes agency in her life. She responds to God's call in her life to participate in the work that he's already doing. She sees through the cloud of her everyday life and sees God's sovereign hand in setting her up to participate with him in his work. And so she calls all of God's people to pray and fast for three days ahead of her plan. And that's where our story picks up. By the way, if you missed that, that kind of pivotal moment in the story last week and the way Pastor Jesse treated it, it was amazing. I'd really encourage you to grab that online. But for now, let's read this text. Esther chapter 5, starting in verse 1, we read this. On the third day... Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, in front of the king's quarters, while the king was sitting on his royal throne, inside the throne room.